you have your Bibles handy, we will be getting into Matthew chapter 7 in just a little bit. But we've been uh, talking this month about preparing him room and uh, reading portions of the, the Christmas story and um, did a great job uh, last week talking about how they, uh, you know, each of the different characters had to prepare room and so thankful for our, our ministry team and our friends uh, that uh, just jump in and do whatever is needed and our worship team and this is the year to be thankful, isn't it? Are you thankful this year? I'm thankful it's over. I think every year it's like that, right? There's some high spots and some low spots, and then there's like this long period of like just their normal, medium, mediocre days. And, and then it's good to be looking forward, and, and I hope that you're looking forward because I believe that God... Uh, wants to transform each and every one of us. I, I, I have no doubt about that, that he wants to do something great in us and for us. But as we think about this concept of preparing him room, and we take it from a, a physical where they used to, when their disciples were with him, they would actually go before him and, and set up a room for him because they'd need uh, a place to stay, a place to sleep, a place to eat, so that he could do the ministry that he needed to do. Because if not, they would have to spend the night in the open square and in a, around a fountain or, or find some place that um, was, was uh, achievable for them. And, and so they, they understood that. But then we've transitioned to what's the spiritual part of that as well. And, and I believe that one of the greatest parts of the Christmas story is, is what Mary did, is that she prepared him room two ways. She allowed herself to be overshadowed. And I wonder, how do you feel about being in someone else's shadow? How do you feel about being in someone else's shadow where, where your light doesn't shine so bright, where you're not the center of attention, where it seems like something is just kind of over you, and maybe you felt that and you call that depression, or maybe you feel pressure or tension or whatever you call that, or you've had somebody in your life that was over you, maybe in a good or, or not so good way, but how do you feel when you're in someone else's shadow? And secondly, how do you prepare for the greatness of God to be displayed in your life? You see, if we don't prepare, I believe he's ready all the time to do great things in us, but if we're not prepared, that moment can be lost. Uh, philosophy says, you know, opportunity only knocks once Maybe out in the world, but with God, all things are possible. He can provide opportunities that, that keep coming back around because He's a good God, because He has patience, because He's merciful to us. And, and it's not like, oh, I never get that opportunity again. Aren't we thankful that we've had multiple opportunities at salvation? I am. <laughs> I didn't get it the first time or the second time or the third time, and, and I'm a slow learner in these things, and, or, or healing, or and He says, well, you got this one chance. But that's not our God. But how do you personally, how do you in your everyday life, how do you in your thoughts, how do you in your prayers, how do you in how you seek him, how do you prepare for God's greatness to be made manifest in your life? And, and, I, and I mean really manifest where it shows, where you can actually notice that God's greatness has come through because I think 
if we're not careful, we get all uh, laid back and cliche. Well, of course, God's greatness is just look at creation. And yes, we could all look at creation. And especially here, we live in a beautiful part of the world. And we can see God's glory. But I mean in you personally. How do you, as a mom, as a dad, as a student, as a son or a daughter, or whatever role that you function, whatever job you perform, how do you prepare for the greatness of God to be made manifest in your life? Because if you've never prepared for that, maybe God's just up there going, oh, they missed it again. I keep setting it up for them, but they're so busy. I keep setting it up for them, but they keep waiting for something. I keep setting it up for them, but they think it's only on Sunday. I keep setting it up for them, but they think it's attached to a feeling. I keep setting it up for them, but they think it's got to be something woo and wild. And, and sometimes God just comes in in those quiet moments. And sometimes God has a change of plans for you. You realize that? So I want to go with you through a little bit of Scripture this morning, and and I want you to ask yourself those two questions over and over again. How do you feel about being in someone else's shadow? And how do you prepare for God's greatness to manifest in your life? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, gives us this incredible insight. Jesus himself says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Have you actually asked God to do his great thing in your life? Or you just assumed, well, I just thought he would. Well, he's very willing. The question is, are you? Are you ready to do that? Ask, and what? It will be You see, that's the incredible nature that I think we forget about God, is God is very willing. He wants to pour out great things. He wants to pour out knowledge and understanding and patience and love and forgiveness and and really whatever we have need of. He wants to do it, but he's up there just waiting. Are you going to ask? Are you going to ask? And I know maybe you wrestle with your own theology of he's God. If he knows, he'll just take care of it. But the Bible says something different. Notice it actually says we're supposed to ask. And the reason why this is tough for us is because we are prideful people. I shouldn't have to ask. Well, listen up, church. Ask. You shouldn't have had to ask for salvation, but if you never asked for it, you're never going to receive it, even though it was poured out for the whole world, right? You actually have to ask and receive it, right? Why didn't you have a problem asking for that? And then once we get saved, we think, okay, we're good. Now God will just give me, give me, give me. I'm just telling you, put down your pride, put down that thought process and realize we're dependent on Him. We should be dependent on Him, and it's okay to ask. In fact, we should ask. Secondly, great thing that he says to do is to seek. Are you actually looking for the greatness of God to come into your life? What are you looking for this morning? You got out of bed, you prepped, thank God you put clothes on, some of you showered. You got in your cars, you got with somebody else, you dressed your kids, you wives, you laid your clothes out for your husband so they didn't embarrass you. And you were prepared for the day. But what if you come seeking? 
What are you going to seek tomorrow? And Thursday, after the Christmas rushes, or what are you seeking from God? He says, seek, and what happens? You will find. What happens if you're not looking for anything? Guess what you find? That's the weird part. It's like a flip-flop. When you're not looking for anything, you find nothing. (laughs) See, I believe that you find what you look for. If you look for bad things in people, you'll find it. You look for problems in the world, you'll find it. You look for joy, you'll find it. You look for good things in people, you'll find it. You look for God in the ordinary, everyday life, and you'll find it. You're looking for salvation, you can find it. You're looking for forgiveness, you can find it. You're looking for healing, you can find it. The question is, are you actually looking for it? That's the seeking part. And he said, when you begin to seek, you will find it. Now, those are two very simple things, okay? First, we're going to ask, God, I don't know what great things you have for me, but I want every great thing you've got. Now, that, that may sound presumptuous to you, but I pray that way. Lord, I'll take all you got. I know you got lots. I'll take all you got. But then we come to this next part, and it reveals part of our human nature, and, and I hope that you get this. Sometimes there's barriers, Right? Now, those barriers are, are good for us at times. It, it keeps the weather out of our house. It keeps strangers out of our house. That door, that pathway, that gate, whatever we, we use as a barrier that, that can keep harm from us, but also at the same time, sometimes it insulates us from the great things that God is doing. Sometimes we shut things out to protect ourselves. Sometimes we keep those doors locked because it's painful. Sometimes we don't want people intruding or interfering with our lives. And we, without saying so, we set up walls. We, we close doors on those. We close doors on emotions. We close doors on situations. We, and and that the situation doesn't go away. In fact, it's trapped in the room with you. But notice that he says, hey, there's going to be some barriers. But when you come to those barriers, you can either complain and whine and say, look, I just can't get through. There's just no breakthrough for me. I'm just stuck. Or he says, guess what? What's he say to do? Knock. Here's the great part. It doesn't say knock and then open it. Right? It doesn't say that. Who does the opening? do you think, from this verse? Knock, and it will be opened to you. Notice that God is, sounds like he's doing the opening, doesn't it? Right? Now, we have a phenomenon in our house as we're uh, blessed with grandchildren that uh, my beautiful little granddaughter has to follow me everywhere, and so now I have to lock the door in the bathroom. She's interested. <laughs> and so as soon as that door closes, because before she didn't used to knock. Now we taught her to knock, but before she just push her way in. And then the questions. Are you, are you done yet? Can I tell you maybe God's saying that to you this morning? <laughs> Are you done in there yet? It's time to come out. Are you done in there yet? You ready for a new thing? You ready for me to do something? Now, 
Prepare some room for me. Ask and seek. And if there's some barriers, don't let those things stop you. Knock. Are you ready for that? Are you, are you done yet? Are you done with that mess yet? Are you done doing that same thing you've always been doing before? Are you done going through the same routine before? And, and without it getting graphic, this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Is I count it all as lost. You know what? Once I go, I don't give it much thought. Do you? I mean, when you're done, do you go, wow, look at that. That's pretty amazing. I don't do that. Flush. It's gone. Right? What if all the stuff you're worried about, flush, it's gone. No matter how long it took, no matter what you've been through, no matter how bad it hurt, or even how much you liked it, what if... By the power of God, you put all that mess behind you and he says, you ready to come out of that stuff? You ready to step into something new? You ready for that barrier to be removed? You ready for a new door to be open to you? You know what you got to do? And I think all too many of us have been standing at the door waiting for God to open it, but we've never opted. Take some action. Take that step. Knock. Now, just like with my granddaughter, sometimes the answer is wait. But sometimes the door is opened, and we should be ready. See, this is all the stuff that's happening in this Christmas story that we really sometimes move beyond. Revelation even says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door. Now he's switching places with us. I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking. And if anybody hears my voice, you hear what he's saying? Listen to this. Papa, are you done? What if he's saying to you, Joey, are you ready? Are you ready? Hey. Hey. Are you ready? Susie, today's the day. Are you, are you ready? If you hear his voice, what's it say? You open the door, I will come in. Right? What's keeping you from opening the door and allowing the power of God to come in and do the work he needs to do? Change your mind. Heal your heart. Heal your body. Fill your soul. What, what's keeping you? Have you tuned your ears? Have you prepared him room to, to hear when he's knocking on the doors of your heart, onto the, the, the mantles of your life? Have you, have you tuned yourself to that, to hear it? Because it's not always so easy to hear God. In fact, the Old Testament reveals he sometimes speaks in a small, still voice. He doesn't come and kick in the door. He doesn't come and shout. What if he's just standing, knocking, and speaking right to you? I'm ready to forgive. Will you open the door? I'm ready to heal. Will you open the door? I'm ready to connect with you. Will you open the door? I'm ready to take you on a new adventure. 
you keep thinking life is just this series of bad things and failures and mess. How about we open the door to something new today? Will you, will you open the door? And I think part of us says, oh, that'd be so awesome. Another part says, I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know how that would be. I, I, that would make me uncomfortable not being in control, which leads us back to those questions. How do you feel standing in somebody else's shadow? What happens when it's not you directing your life? Believe me, he wants doors open for you. Believe him that if you will just ask and seek and knock, things will begin to take some action. But your lack of action only results in lack of action. He's not going to just sit there and go, well, I guess they were going to knock. Every time God is ready to move, he waits for us to move first in most cases. Not because it's dependent on us, but we have to be ready to receive what he's got for us. Now here we go. Look at this wonderful Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 38. Seven powerful verses. And and there's some sections of this that are highlighted, underlined for you. And you've probably heard this story before, so it's, it's not news, but I want you to see it with fresh eyes this morning. It says, Behold, okay, the Spirit, the angel, is speaking to Mary. She, she wasn't asking for this. That's what's impressive. She was just an ordinary girl on an ordinary day, ready to get married. That's, that was her plan. But all of a sudden, God decides, I'm going to knock and see if she'll open the door. Here we go. You're going to conceive in your womb, and you're going to bring forth a son. So I'm telling you what's going to happen and you are going to call his name Jesus. Now, that's, that's, this is amazing, okay? So if you don't understand the culture of that time, it was pretty normal for the father to name the children, the, ch- the child. So he says in advance, you're going to be pregnant. That wasn't your plan maybe right now. You're not even married yet. But here's what I'm going to do. And it's going to be a boy. And here's what his name is going to be. Now, she's completely out of control with all this. She's just being told what's going to happen. He's going to be great. And he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, listen. That probably sounds great. And you're thinking, man. It's amazing that God could do that. But I would be thinking, I don't know if I'm prepared as a parent to raise that kind of a kid. How about you? I just hope that they are respectful, they get potty trained, and here's this guy that's going to be the son of the Most High. This is going to be, the, he's going to be great, and that everybody's going to know him, and he's going to be a king, and he's going to inherit a throne. I, I'm not sure I know how to do that. I'm just a, a teenage girl. Notice what Mary says. Mary says, Lord, I've been in church many years, and if you say it, I believe it. She didn't say that, did she? She is a very normal person, just like you and me, because God deals with ordinary people just like you and me. Look what she says. Um, How can this be? (laughs) 
I, I haven't been with a man. I, okay, all that sounds cool, all of that sounds great, but we got a problem here. I can't have a son. Uh, he can't be named Jesus. He can't be the next reigning king and, and a great person because uh, I haven't even had the opportunity to be pregnant yet. And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will do what? Now you think you're overshadowing your situation. But the the power of the highest, the power of God, right? Not a high idea. The power of God will overshadow you. Therefore, or because of this, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now you see what had to happen here. Is it wasn't just some spiritual saying or, or some prophecy. He was actually declaring that if you will allow the power of God to overshadow you, something great is going to happen. Something incredible is going to be birthed. Something that you never even thought of yet. Not like you didn't have it in plans, but it wasn't maybe your timing. But if you'll allow the power of the, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High to overshadow you. See, that's the, that's the issue, especially with most of us West Coast modern Americans, is we want to be equal to God. I want Him to do great things, but I kind of want to have a say. And when you're overshadowed, you can't be equal or there's no overshadowing. The question is, will you come under the shadow? Come under the power? Will you allow God the highest, look at that, the highest, to overshadow you and bring power into your life? Will you allow it? And this is what's incredible. He's like, you need more proof? Here you go. You don't even know what's going on yet. But Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. Think about that. Nobody thought she was going to have a child. She is. And in fact, she's in her sixth month. And they used to say that she was barren. Well, with God, nothing will be impossible. What big thing could he be waiting for? to do with you? What incredible thing could be waiting to empower you with? What incredible thing, if we'll just prepare him room and be willing to ask, seek, knock, that he would be willing to open the door on it for? What what could that be? I don't know what could happen in your life, but I know that we have the power of the Most High that's ready to do it. The question is, are you ready for that? And that may be a lot to take in, just like it was for Mary. But look at what her response was. She says, look, I'm your maidservant. Think about that for just a minute. That means I'm here to serve you, Lord. I'm a maidservant to the Lord. Now, do you think of yourself as that? Are you a servant of the Lord or are you a free agent? That you just hope God does some stuff with. 
It's a mindset. It's, it's allowing that overshadowing. It's allowing that him to come in and to dominate. And I don't mean dominate by forcing you down. I mean to dominate that he's going to lead and guide and protect and provide. And that he is the dominant force in our life. Not just the person that when we have a need, we might ask after we've tried everything else. See, this is very different. I'll bet you when Elizabeth heard the news that she was pregnant, she was overjoyed. A son, oh, I'm pregnant, and a son, oh, I can't wait. I mean, this is a Jewish mama, right? Her first son, the one that she thought was breaking her barrenness, the one who is going to be incredible, the one that's going to go before Jesus. She didn't know all of that. She was just old and was thought she was barren, and now she has a son of promise. Mary wasn't even asking for this. In fact, it was out of season with her life. And yet, here's God saying, are you ready for me to do something you can't do? You ready for me to do something in my season, not in your season? Are you willing to allow me to overshadow you and see what's possible when you get out of the way and you just let me do what I do so well? That's most of our difficulties, getting us out of the way to let God do what he really wants to do. I'm your maidservant. Here is the defining moment. Let it be to me. Right? I agree. Let's let it be according to your word. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to explain it yet. She's going to have to do that soon, right? (laughs) That's going to be uncomfortable. But she's going to trust God that if it's at his word, he's got it fully in control. And that's the struggle with every last one of us. Is that when God wants to do something that we're not sure we want him to do, because it might mean some explaining, it might mean some difference, it might mean some change, it might mean we're not in control. What does God might want to do in you today? next week at an opportune time when he shows up. And believe me, he doesn't need an angel to come and visit you in your room. You don't need a spectral voice speaking out of nowhere. We have his word. That's why she said, let it be according to your word. We already have his word, right, church? And he says that we are conquerors. He says we are overcomers. He said that we are powerful. He said that we are people of the Most High God. He said that we're children of God. He said that we are salt. He said that we are light. He said that we're forgiven. He said that we're redeemed. Now the question is, will you allow that to happen in your life? He said that we are called to him to be powerful and bold witnesses to him. And that may not represent you right now, but do you know that's what he wants to do? That's when opening the door, oh, man, I don't know if I want to share my faith. Open the door. I don't know if I'm ready for that healing yet. I've kind of become identified with my, open the door. I'm not sure I'm ready for the changes that he wants to change in my life because I don't know where this is going to end up and there's going to be some explaining to do. Yep. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Nobody said it was going to be the, the smooth path, but it is something that God wants to do. Look at that. And immediately, as soon as she agreed, look at that, as soon as there was alignment, as soon as there was an agreement, she said, it's according to your word, left. 
no more explanation. Hey, here's how it's going to happen. Or, or I've got to try to explain this metaphysical, spiritual experience of how you're going to get a baby without having human intimacy. I didn't, he didn't explain any of that. He's just like, hey, I'm here to tell you some good news. You're the girl we've picked. Are you going to let it happen? I don't fully understand, but let it be according to the word. Now, this is not a new concept with God. It's just a new concept with the people that encounter him in this time. Isaiah chapter 43 speaks of this as well. Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel about what God wants to do and all that he's done. And we see this incredible, powerful passage right here of these two verses. And it plays right into the Christmas story today. Look what he says. Don't remember the former things. Okay, that's a difficult thing to do, right? But remember what I said about going to the bathroom. It's forgotten. (laughs) That's in your past. All the mess that you had from all the rest of this year, let it be in the past. That bad decision that happened this morning, let it be in the past. In fact, don't keep remembering it. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, hey, act like it didn't happen because he didn't say that, did it? But what did he say? Don't remember the former things. The things that tripped you up before, the things that stopped you before, the things that limited you before, the things that you couldn't overcome before, all of that stuff, that's the, that's the past stuff. Guess what? What's he say? Don't even consider the things of old. Don't consider how you messed it up or why you messed it up or why they messed it up. or None of that's ever going to change anything. You going back and trying to rehearse something from history never changes it. It already happened. The wonder is that God says, hey, you forget those things and we'll move forward together. I've already forgiven you. I've already looked past all that. It's just you that's dragging your feet because you think you're unworthy. Of course you're unworthy. That's why you need me. Mary needed God. She couldn't have the Son of God on her own. She needed God. In fact, he says, look. Now, I'm going to do a little play on words here, and I, I believe you're all smart people this morning, right? Okay, maybe not that section. That's okay. Saw a lot of nodding over here. They're just waiting for it to get done. That's okay. Now, this word behold, if if you can actually take just a second to focus on me, not because it's important for me, but the body language is. Notice that he's talking about former past things. That's there. Right? And what if as he's talking to you, you get the sense that he takes your head and says, Behold, look, I want to do what? You keep living that way. And I say, Look, I want to do a new thing, and it's out in front of you. Look, you know, he keeps pointing, look, and you're going, I I don't get it. You know, I just don't see it. Look at 
Look at where I've come. This is my personal experience. And do you see how this has happened? This is what's brought me to here. And when my parents did this and my friends did that and those years of, of just me being me that I'd rather not talk about. Look. Because I can see Mary going, I'm a teenager. <laughs> I'm not married. I'm from a nowhere house in a nowhere land and nobody knows me. Why would you pick me? Don't you think I've got doubts? Don't you? I mean, I'm not prepared for this. You just told me I'm going to raise a king. I have no idea how to do this. Look, it's going to be because of the power of the highest. And I will overshadow you and I will make a way where there seems to be no way. Look, I want to do a new thing. Now it shall even, look what it says, spring forth. It's just going to almost erupt. You didn't expect it and it happens. You know why? You changed what you were looking at. You changed what you were focusing on. And I believe it was probably there all along just like flowers. It's like they're, they're in the ground and you don't see them and you don't see them and all of a sudden you've got flowers. But they're growing and coming up through the soil at the, all the time, but you didn't see it until, look at them blossom. Look at those. Oh, man, look at those. Shall you not know it? Notice this. I'm not going to hide it from you. I want you to see it. I want you to know it. But you've got to behold. You've got to look and look to him. Look to his word. Not what's behind you. Not where you've been. Not where you failed. None of that. He's speaking to Israel saying, you have failed miserably again and again and again and again and again. But you know what? I want to do a new thing. Notice that their failure didn't limit God's power. Your failure can't limit God's power if we'll prepare some room for our faith to allow him to do a new thing. Maybe he wants to move you out of where you're at. Maybe you're stuck spiritually. You don't know what's out ahead, but he can do a new thing. Maybe you're stuck from some of your habits and the cycles of your behavior, but that's not going to stop him. Behold, look forward... He said, it can even spring forth. Something was planted while you were looking back. Something has been ready. The ground has already been cultivated, and he did it, and it's ready to spring up. With Mary, Jesus was always the plan since the beginning. That seed had been planted way back at the Garden of Eden, right? God knew he was going to send his son to save his people. And it was planted a long time ago. And now he says, look, it's sprung forth. And it's going to take a little bit for you to understand what it's all about. But it's going to come out. It's going to come forth. You're going to be able to see it. You're going to be able to witness it. And it may not be what you always think it's going to be, but it's going to come forth. Shall you not know it? I won't keep it hidden from you. Look at this. I will even make a road or a straight path in the desert, or in the wilderness, and... Are you reading this with me? Wilderness places are where people don't live. Why would you need a road? I ask myself these questions when I read. And two things came to mind. Is it shows the power of God to do what men wouldn't do. Men wouldn't take the time to build a a road in the wilderness. 
What are you building it to? Nobody lives there. That's why it's wild. But secondly, that road is to get you out of the wilderness, to give you a path to follow. You've been where nothing grows. That's the desert. You've been in the wilds where you feel like you've got to fight and scrap just to make it. How about I make a smooth path for you that directs you right to me? I want to have a collision course with you this morning, I think he's saying. I want us to have an intersection where all of a sudden you're on this path that you never walked on before, and I'm making it smooth and straight so you know exactly it's not a windy, curvy trail that may, that may just kind of leave out on you. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. You're following a trail, walking someplace, and it's like the trail ends. God says, no, I'm making a road. I'm making a, a highway. I'm making a clear path for you. And then lastly, he says, I bring rivers, I bring refreshing, I bring life in the desert. Those dry places, those places where it seems like nothing's growing in your life, guess what he does? Easy, we'll just drop a river in there. And I'll go from desert to fertile ground in just a minute. Are you prepared for that this morning? Do you actually believe God could do that in you? That you may think, hey, maybe you're thinking, man, this has been my best year yet, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. What might be waiting for you next year? What might be waiting around the corner tomorrow? And if you're on the opposite end of that, then nothing good happens to you. You're the person that, that <laughs> you never win anything. You never get remembered. You're always overlooked. You're, always, you're not too low to be overshadowed by God. And imagine what could happen tomorrow. You think that he hasn't heard your cries? You think he hasn't seen your situation? You think he doesn't know what's going on inside your heart? You're wrong. He knows the question is, will you be ready? Are you asking, Lord, I don't want to stay like this. Are you seeking, Lord, I'm going to figure out where you are in this and I'm going to seek you out. And then are you at your ears ready? Are you ready to knock? Because you're going to come to a point where it's going to seem like the door is closed and he's just like, oh, I hope they knock this time. They've been to that door so many times and they think it's a stopping point and they turn around and go back. I hope they knock. I want so much to open it up for you this morning. I want so much to, for you to step into something new. What do you need to stop remembering? What do you need to stop rehearsing? What do you need to start rehashing? You keep going over that stuff, it's never going to change it. Those are the old things. Let them go. And I know that's tough because we we're our worst judge and we've got really long memories of our failures. But I'm telling you right here, the more you rehearse it, the more you rehash it, the more you retell it, it doesn't change it. It only makes you feel worse. Let it go. That's the old you. It's the old you. It's like Mary. Mary was a nobody from the middle of nowhere, and now she's not. Now she's famous, isn't she? <laughs> now she's in the Bible, and now we tell stories of her all the time. What's her last name? It's not Mrs. Christ. It could be you. Are you going to prepare room for God to do the new thing in you? 
for you, or even better, through you. See, that's the... God not only wanted to do something for Mary and with Mary, but through Mary. He needed a human being to bring forth a human child. He needs you to do something that only you can do, and he wants to do it through you. He could do it completely void of us, but he takes glory in using ordinary people, just like you and me. And it is scary, and it is. You don't know when it's going to happen, but if we're preparing him room, then we're just excited when it happens. And it doesn't always happen every day. It's funny, Jesus has brothers, but that same experience didn't happen over and over again. An angel didn't come to announce the next brother. It didn't happen that way. And for you and for me, we should just be prepared, and when those times happen, embrace them. And usually it's a little bit of a stretch for us because it is a new thing. But what about for your family, for your faith, for your school, for your job? Would you allow him to overshadow you, to do something through you? Maybe you don't get the benefit. Maybe you just bear the the labor pains, but he wants to do something through you. And it's still for the glory of God. And lastly, are you going to trust God like Mary? When God wants to do something with you, when you read it in his word, again, I believe we can have spiritual encounters with God through prayer, through visions, through dreams, when we're praying and fasting, and when when he just shows up and you're reading something that jumps out like it never has before. But in that moment, will you be like Mary and say, I want that, let it be to me. Why not? See, back when I was uh, younger in the faith and a little, uh, a little more ignorant, uh, I'm still not there yet, and I didn't, didn't know everything I was supposed to know, there were powerful passages, especially in the Old Testament, that I read, and I thought, I want that. And I remember a promise that I realize now that it wasn't for me, but it doesn't mean it doesn't motivate me. It's a promise that God made to a man that says, you walk the earth, and wherever the sole of your foot trods, wherever you walk it out, I will give it to you, and no man will stand in your way. And I read that, and it inspired me, and I thought... I haven't been offered an opportunity to go to Bible college, but I'm going to walk this faith out. I've never done church before, but I'm going to keep walking this thing out. I've never been a youth pastor before, but I'm going to walk this thing out. And I just kept believing that if I kept walking it out, that God would make sure that nothing stood against me. And it doesn't mean that there weren't difficulties, and it doesn't mean there wasn't adversity, but up to this point, nothing has stopped me except me. I believe God will take care of anybody that decides to put him first and allow his power to flow through him. And it doesn't always come easy, and it's not always in your time, but I'll tell you what, from where I started to here I am today being a pastor, no one could have told me that. I would have said you were just crazy. 
there would be no way that if you would have looked at my first part of my life up to 20 years old that you would have said, oh yeah, I could see that. What you would have saw was a loser, a drinker, a fighter, a poor student, somebody that was just awkward and in trouble. That's, and that's not the projected path. What if God wants to do a new thing? And I didn't understand salvation. I just knew I wanted it. <laughs> and I didn't understand baptism, but I wanted it. And I didn't understand the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but if he wants it, I'll take it. And nobody had to try to explain it to me and figure it out. I just knew it's in here. I read it. I want that. What has he got for you that I can, that I can say, let it be to me according to your word? How about you this morning? He's got promises in here for you. He's got things in here to inspire you, to help you to overcome. But you've got to prepare your room to receive it. How crazy is that, that Mary gets that thing and pretty soon she's thinking, I've got to get things ready for a baby. She just received it by faith. Let it be to me according your word. Church, I want that for you so badly that you would allow the power of the Most High, not some supernatural experience, but the everyday go to work, be a mom, be a dad, be a student, be a, to let it be according to your word because his word is for us all day, every day, no matter where you're at, not just for special occasions, not for a revival event. It can be there too, but I'm telling you, he wants to do something in you. He's just waiting for you to ask. He's just waiting for you to seek it out. But we get spiritually bored and distracted. and It's it. It's it. Ask it. Pastor, I've been asking. But maybe this is the time the door opens. You've been dealing with some habits. You've been dealing with some addiction. You've been dealing with some mess. I've been asking and asking and asking. Ask again. Maybe you feel like you've been there all that time and it just, the door, knock again. Knock again. For some of you, you just got to start seeking. You've been seeking everything else. What if you seek him and seek his word? Prepare him, room. Lord, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. And you don't even have to con- confine it or say, well, I'm a, I want to see this. How about, Lord, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. Let him be the one that dictates the terms. Can you imagine Mary today? Okay, now, if I'm going to have a boy, can we change that name? Maybe we can make that his middle name because, you know, we don't know anybody named Jesus. And can we put this off a little bit? You know, we haven't got married yet. I'd kind of like to have the big wedding feast, and I'd like a nice honeymoon uh, without this weighing over me. Can we just delay this just a little bit? You know, I've, we're living in a shack. And, oh, by the way, that big census that you got, it's going to be very inconvenient. Um, let it be to me, according to your word. Some of you got to look past what's been happening and look forward to what can happen. Would you stand with me today? Prepare him room. I don't know how you need to prepare it. It's probably one or maybe all of those things. 
But some of you have been hurt and you stopped asking. You just thought, hey, I've asked enough times, maybe just this next time. Maybe it feels like you've been denied and you've stopped seeking. Seek again. Maybe you never realized that 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 barrier was a door. You thought it was a no to your answer and maybe he's just waiting for you to knock. And it's just a matter of perspective. And now you'll realize I could have had that opened a long time ago. Don't beat yourself up. Just walk through the door. But if you want something new, you, you're ready for to prepare him room. And, and I'm, not just talk, I'm not talking New Year's resolutions. I'm just talking about what could happen tomorrow. What could you do? What does he want to do in you? What are you willing to say yes to? Right? So as the worship team plays this morning, I want to pray for you in advance, and I want you to take some time, and what do you need to ask for? What are you going to start seeking? What are some things you need to start knocking there? 